together growing in faith, changing communities. Dear friends, today there are a few things that I would like us to look into. The first one, I am moved by these two figures, Cleopas and his companion. They move out of Jerusalem, going on a journey to Emmaus. Jerusalem is a place of pain. It is a place of rejection. It is a place of betrayal. And they leave that place as they are searching for answers. And there are a few things I, I, I want to argue we could learn from this exercise. So often many of us sit in our pain. Sit in a place of rejection. Sit in a place of anger. Harbor hatred in our hearts. For the things that have happened to us in our childhood over the years, we have refused to deal with them. We have refused to walk away from them. We have refused to be healed. And it seems to me sometimes in our own human understanding, some of us enjoy sitting in pain. It seems that some of us get a pleasure of feeling sorry for ourselves. While that is true, there is also another reality that there are some of us who are stuck who literally do not know how to come out of it. And these we have seen with addictions. But the reality that I want to talk about is the process, is a journey that takes place for these two men. They acknowledge what has gone wrong. They know what has happened in their lives. And painful as it is, they had to make a decision. And that's the first and the most important thing in life. Acknowledging who I am, what is going on in my life. Then making a decision. Am I okay with things as they stand? Am I peace? And so they make a decision to move on. They take the first step. They take the leap of faith. I'm not happy with my relationship with my wife. I'm not happy with my relationship with my spouse. I'm not happy with my relationship in this household. Over the couple of days, I have seen that things have really fallen apart. But I'm not just willing to complain. I want to work. I want to do something about And so these men are on a journey walking away from that which hurts them and they are on a journey into recovery. And there's a second principle that they teach us. The first one is to become aware. The second one is to make a decision. The third one, in making a decision, then talk about it. Along the way, along the journey, they talk amongst each other 
And one of the most powerful healing therapeutic exercises that has worked throughout the world to support mechanism, a support group. You go to AA, you, you go to any support group. I am here, you are here because both of us are suffering. We have one thing in common, suffering. Your pain and my pain, how it was started, we don't really know. How it has affected you, I don't really know. How it has affected me, you don't really know. But we know that one thing that has brought us all together, I'm suffering, and you are. And so along the journey, these people start talking. They start sharing that which hurts them the most. Their fears, their confusion, their frustration, their anxiety. And as they talk, something absolutely magical takes place. Jesus draws near. And that for me is something absolutely magical. Because they are now open to share their hearts. They are now open to open up. And as they open up in the process, the Lord is invited into their midst. And Jesus asked them a fundamental question. He looks at them and he says to them, Why? What is it that you're talking about? Why are you so why are you why is your face downcast? Why are you so worried? Why are you so afraid? That's an important question to ask. One of the greatest exercises that most of us need to do when we wake, when we wake up is to check in. How am I feeling? How am I feeling this morning? Why am I feeling a little bit sad? Why am I feeling excited? Why am I feeling indifferent? Why am I feeling angry? And if you spend your first few minutes in the morning asking yourself that fundamental question, you soon realize you probably are feeling like this because something has just happened. Or you may not even be aware why you're feeling like that. But if you know you are feeling like that, as you go throughout the day, you reflect, why am I feeling the way I do? Why does so-and-so, whenever he or she talks to me, I seem to be okay. But when so-and-so speaks to me, I seem to be angry. She says the same thing that this other person has said. But this other person doesn't make me angry. But she does. So the problem is not about what they say. The problem is deeper than that. So Jesus says, I hear that you're talking. And I see that you are not happy. What's going on? What is it that is happening in your life? And these men, they look at Jesus and they say to him, You must be the only one who doesn't know what has happened. And Jesus says, What happened? Now, Jesus knows what has happened because he is Jesus. But he still gives them an opportunity to share their story. He gives them an opportunity to voice and to earth that which troubles them. 
Do you have someone that cares so much to listen to what you're going through? Do you have someone in your life that will drop anything and everything for you? Where do you go to in order to, to, to talk? Most of our people, they live alone. Yes, some physically alone, but others, they are just long ranges in a house full of people. And yet they feel all alone and they feel lonely. They put things inside. They cannot sleep at night, they're troubled. They need to pop up a pill in order to sleep. They need to keep busy in life. Because the stillness of the day, the stillness of the night, troubles them. As they wake up in the morning, the first thing they do is to switch on the television set or the radio so that there's so much noise that can fill the space. What is it that troubles you? Do you have someone that you can talk to? And it's not okay for a man to be alone. It is not okay for a woman to be alone. It is not okay for us to suffer silently alone. And as they are able to share, Jesus utters the most beautiful word and he opens the scriptures to them, starting from Moses and the prophets, and he says a fundamental truth. All these things had to happen. There are things in life that we need to go through, that we have to go through, so that God may manifest his glory. Difficult times will come. Difficult people will come to your life. But it doesn't matter. What matters the most, what kind of a person do I become afterwards? Many people in life, we are concerned about the now and today. But what about tomorrow? There is life after this. There is life after a confrontation. There is life after an argument. There is life after whatever I'm going through. So how am I about to grow? How will I become better? And the other point that I love, as they walk with Jesus, that they go into the village, and Jesus says, well, I'm continuing, and they beg him. They say, stay with us, Lord. Oh, it is getting late. The night is approaching. Padre Pio has a beautiful prayer. Stay with me. Beautiful prayer after communion. But let's unpack these two phrases briefly. Stay with us, Lord. They begged you. In Jesus, they had found a stranger whom they were able to connect and to talk to. How many of us have taken for granted the hand that seeks 
to help us. How many of us have lost a good friendship? A good relationship? Just because we didn't care. Just because of pride. Just because we were not willing to see the other person's point of view. Unless I'm able to conquer my own demons, I'll never be able to be the best person I can ever be to you. Unless I'm able to deal with my own wounds, I'll never be able to be the healer towards you. And so these people in Jesus, even though they have not recognized him as the Lord and Master, they have seen a stranger who is able to journey with them, who is able to open their eyes, who is able to console and to comfort them. And so we look at people in our lives and how many of them have we taken for granted. How many of them have given up everything in order to be with us. Do I have the humility to beg them to stay? And some people go through a very rough patch, a terrible argument, and no one is humble enough to say, it was my fault, and I'm sorry about it. The second and the last point in this prayer, stay with us, Lord, for it is getting late, and the night is drawing near. These men are inviting Jesus because they know that they are going into the darkness. But they don't want to be alone. And as they invite Jesus into the house, he breaks the bread. He celebrates the Eucharist. He reminds them of something they once knew, they once cherished. And Jesus, as he breaks the bread, their eyes are opened and Jesus disappears. The last point I want to talk about, invite Jesus into your home. No matter what the situation, no matter what conditions, no matter whatever is going on in your life, in your family, I may think everything is perfect. You may think everything is perfect. Invite him. As we invite him to dine with us, he's going to open our eyes. We're going to see things that we were not seeing. We're going to hear things we didn't hear. We're going to understand differently. And may Almighty God protect and bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.